Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me, as always, my good friend Doug Christie. What's up, DC? What's happening with your hamster? All is well, man. A little Sacramento uh, sunshine. I can't get any better than that, man. Yeah, this is my favorite time of the year where it's sunny, but it's sunny in like 78 to 82. Like once it gets past this, it's like, oh boy. But uh, I I like this time of year. I like this time of year. All right, so Doug, we have, uh, we're in the dog days of summer. We're, We're starting, well, not really. We're in spring still, but it feels like the dog days of summer because when you cover the Sacramento Kings, uh, they go on hiatus earlier than most teams because for, uh, what is it, the 12th straight season, they will not make the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we stop. Uh, we keep going. And I want to start this podcast off with, uh, with just, first of all, the last podcast I did was with Jerry Reynolds. And uh, it was an emotional podcast. It was Jerry saying goodbye. Uh, not goodbye, farewell, but goodbye to one position and he's transitioning to the next phase in his career where he takes a step back. Um, but I, I just want to, first of all, I want to give you uh, just the biggest congratulations and I'm so happy for you stepping into the role as the full-time color commentator for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, what's that been like, man? What's sort of your thought process? You know, more than anything, uh, first off, man, it is extremely humbling, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, knowing Jerry for from when I was here playing to all of the help that he's given me afterwards, from uh, Lebeck and Matina and, and everybody, Joel, uh, John Reinhardt in, in Sacramento Kings, they've just been so gracious. So it, it's humbling in that, in that regard. Following somebody like Jerry is a legend. That, that uh, you know, it can be a little bit daunting because uh, you know people are saying that on social media. But more than anything, uh, just try to try to be myself. Um, Grant has been fantastic. You know, working with him on the radio, I think, has helped me as well because both of those guys, Grant and Jerry, you know, I like to ask a lot of questions, as you well know, Ham, and they've been so gracious to, to answer those questions and try to help me out and bring me along and obviously they think I'm ready and that's the, that's the humbling part is uh, to watch somebody who's like Jerry who has been here since day one when they came from Kansas City the Kings did and all the different roles and, and different things but uh, it was emotional and I say it is um, it is not a goodbye because Jerry's still going to be around but from from the standpoint of doing what he does he's just going to do it less. That's right. Now, I'm a guy who who gets the the pleasure of of spending plenty of time with you, Doug. And and I'll say this about you: um, nobody works harder. Uh, I've talked to Grant about this, uh, and you know, you come on with me on this show, and and I watch the work that you put in behind the scenes, and you go on with Grant, and both of us know that like we were born and raised like sports junkies. It's something that we just, from a really young age, uh, I was a baseball fan and a football fan and then a basketball fan. Um, I collected baseball cards. I studied stats, all these things. Um, so so my brain is stuffed with, with generations of decades of, of sports knowledge. Um, but 
your path to being who and what you are now is different. It's a basketball player's path, but your focus was to be a great basketball player, not to watch as much sports as possible as a kid, not to go out and play as many sports as possible and study baseball cards. Um, so like from my perspective, I appreciate what you do because, and, and again, I talked to Grant about this and he feels the same way. The work that you put in to make sure that you bring out the best product possible, it's just for us, it's stunning. And, and a lot of that is because you come from this, just a different background and you bring a different spice and a different flavor to the party. And I think it's spectacular. And again, I couldn't be more happy for you because I know this is, this is one of those jobs that doesn't come around very often. So again, congratulations. I hope that doesn't, I, I don't offend you by saying that you weren't raised the same way as far as sports. Uh, but it's the work that I see that you put in that, that really does make it, uh, make you so special. No doubt. I, I truly appreciate it, Him, You're right. I, you know, basketball, sports, it's, it's different. I'm a fan of all of them, but to know them differently, you know, basketball, I, I you know, I study it still, but I know, you know, I know it backwards and forwards, but I still study it because I, I don't know. I just feel like if you're over-prepared, then you are prepared. And uh, that's what I try to do, man. Now, what is it you're going to bring that's different than Jerry? Because, you know, you're always going to draw comparisons. And the other thing I'll, I'll tell you is uh, that talking to both Grant and Jerry in this process, um, both of them said, look, we're going to need time. and They're going to need time to build chemistry. And so, I mean, you and Grant have your, your chemistry from your on-air when you're you're doing sports talk. But as far as announcing... You know, you've had like this this season. You had a six game stint, and a and a four game stint, and it's really tough to find a rhythm fully in your first two games or three games. And then by the time you get to the point where you're feeling like you got a flow, then you're not you're not doing color yeah. for another six months or another three months. So how much I guess are you looking forward to just being able to build that chemistry with Grant and and having something special where you guys can just really start to develop that, uh, you know, what it, what it'll come down to is Grant and Doug or Doug and Grant, whatever it may, may be. Absolutely. Uh, you hit it on the head, man. I mean, when you first go out there and you do your first game or two, you know, you're trying to work it out and then all of a sudden you feel like you got to flow and then there's nothing. <laughs> I don't, I don't do it. You know, I did that in October and then I don't do it again until April. So yeah, that is a little different, but yeah, I'm I'm excited and anxious to get after it, to start studying the roster, to try to you know to figure it out. Different than Jerry, I, I don't really know, man, because I, I don't really listen to myself because I find it watching myself play was one thing. I study video all the time. I didn't like watching myself play really that much either, but listening to myself, I can't do it, man. It's it's weird. So I don't, I don't really know how I sound. I just try to, um, I just try to be myself and, and bring what I can be knowledgeable. And, uh, I, you know, I listen to you, UB Browns and different people like that. So I, I really enjoy the educational aspect of it. 
of trying to educate the fan. But at the same time, Ham, you know me, I like to have fun. So it's, I guess that would be kind of the mix. I don't know that because I've watched Jerry for a long time as well and, and listened to him and he does a similar thing, you know, he'll educate it and then he'll say something that's, you know, Jerryisms and all of that. So more than anything, uh, just try to try to educate, have have fun, and and hopefully be a good luck charm. Because I'm sick of not no playoffs, man. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sick of no playoffs too, Doug. I'm sick of having to go down and yeah. cover the Golden State Warriors, which I'm gonna have to do next week if they uh, if they escape this first round series with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, which that brings me to uh, to a couple of things, a couple of bits of business that normally I would save to the end, but. Uh, First and foremost, uh, Doug, uh, someone who covered you uh, with a Toronto star and who came on the podcast earlier this year when the Sacramento Kings made a a trade for uh, Bruno Caboclo, uh, I just want to send well wishes out to Doug Smith, uh, the longtime beat writer uh, up in Toronto. He's uh, he's been in the hospital the last couple of weeks, um, had some heart problems. Yeah, and so I, I want to send love, and uh, you know, again, he's a, a guy who came on the podcast and, and hung out with us just not too long ago, and he's had some health struggles. So uh, that's number oh, one. Man, yeah. yeah, and number two. Uh, well, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I man, I didn't know that. Man, I will have to figure out a way to reach out. Doug was always he was always awesome. First of all, his name is just incredible. So. Uh, <laughs> But he was—he's always been just a, a great guy and very, uh, very—I I don't say truthful, but honest. And you know, he didn't judge you. He—he was—he said what he had to say, but it was never in a malicious way. And I always appreciate that about Doug. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. So well wishes there. And then secondly, um, covering Greg Popovich over the last eight years for me has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, pleasure. And I know that he can be prickly with the media, and I've seen it uh, firsthand, and, and I've felt it maybe once or twice. But I've also had some amazing, amazing conversations with Greg Popovich. Uh, everything under the sun, uh, whether it was trying to break down, you know, Tony Parker as a young player and comparing him to a young, uh, a young De'Aaron Fox, or um, whether it's you know, talking about politics with him off the record and, and you know, actually giving him uh, praise off the record for his ability to put into words what plenty of people around, you know, the United States uh, feel. And, and so I, I just want to send my condolences out to Greg Popovich uh, because, Doug, you and I both know that behind the scenes, while we're chasing our dreams and doing these amazing things that we get to do. Uh, there's someone else who's picking up all the slack on the back end for us. And that's our wives. Absolutely. And so I, I just feel for him. Uh, you know, his, his wife of 40 years uh, passed away last week and just really, um, you know, heartfelt condolences to Greg Popovich as well. You know, Ham, you, you say something. I didn't know Aaron Popovich. Uh, you know, I know Pop. Um, and, and when I say I know Pop, I know Pop, but you, you never really get to know somebody until you can really sit down with them. But to your point, it, 
I know who's behind him. I, I know who, like you said, supports him. And from that standpoint, I can't imagine losing that, that piece of the puzzle. And heartfelt, I, I don't even know if there's words to put out uh, a man that he, he speaks up on social issues. I love the way that he coaches basketball and approaches teaching young men and all the things that he's gone through. So for him to go through something like this, uh, just just well wishes and Godspeed to him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I don't think that our family members get enough credit for the work that they do to keep us uh, keep us on the straight and narrow and take care of the things that we can't take care of because this world that we're in, it can be all-consuming and it really does take its toll on everybody. And I mean, I'm I'm blessed. I'm turning my 19 years of marriage this summer um, and I couldn't have found a better woman who stood by me through all the trials and tribulations of trying to get into this business and being part of this business. It's just really not an easy lifestyle for a family and you really have to do you got to rely on other people and and i yep. uh, again i really feel for popovich at, the, at this time because that's that's his rock i'm sure it is so absolutely yeah um so doug we'll move on uh to not that much of a a brighter subject but uh Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, we announced this morning, uh, broke you know stories this morning that Bogdan Bogdanovich is undergoing surgery on Tuesday. Uh, it's a minor procedure. He's having a knee scoped. He had a, a slight tear in the meniscus, um, and he's having a debridement, uh, a, you know, procedure done. Um, but You've been through these things, Doug. What is this like? You know, how scary is it when you hear that we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go into the knife for the scope? Um, but you know, what is it like from the player perspective on this? You know, there's a lot of different reactions to this one, Ham. Uh, if it's your first one, it's it's freaky as hell because you're gonna go to sleep and there's a point in there where you don't realize if you're gonna wake up or not. And I don't say that laughingly because things happen in surgeries but this is a minor procedure from the standpoint of you know we see a lot of times in the uh, NFL at the end of the season they have those meetings and then everyone schedules their surgeries because there's a bunch of them and they go in and they get cleaned up and if Bogdan was able to play with this type of thing the relief and it might not have been too much it might have been something that was more aggravating I've actually torn my meniscus before but his sounds like it wasn't in a spot that was necessarily weight-bearing uh, or a lot of weight because if it was, he, he wouldn't have been able to play uh, the way that he was able to play. And it's that one, it, it's, not a, it's not a tough one. It's, uh, you know, there are tough times because you, you wake up in a, a recovery room and you're usually by yourself. And, you, you know, a lot of soul-searching and different things you got to go through um, – therapy and you got to work your way back to where you want to be and all those different things so from that standpoint you learn a lot about yourself as a player and uh, a drive and desire knowing Bogdan the way that I've been able to be around him and watch his process and the way that he goes about his business I anticipate that he comes back from this 
better than ever because it's it's not you know it's not an ACL it's not a MCL or something like that. This is uh, it, it sounds like a small piece of um, uh, of that they just have to shave off. And when you do something like that, it shouldn't take a long time for him to get back. Can be scary though, him. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Um, and you know, watching him play out this season. Um, he was honest at one point that he was fatigued. He was honest. I, I had asked him and he said, yes, I, he's like, I am fatigued. He played, I don't know if it was 19 or 20 straight months, whatever it ended up being, it was brutal. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, when I got the news this morning, um, my first point was, wow, this is probably a good thing. And you know, that might sound strange, but to be honest with you, that guy can't stop yep. moving. And he no. he needs to sit. He needs to relax. He needs to go on vacation and really get away from the game a little bit to take a breath uh, and then to come back with fresh legs, a fresh body, a fresh mind, and get back to work and, and start building on his craft. Um, so I think he's going to be just fine. I watched him with massive ice bags on both knees and on both ankles the entire the entire like last month and a half of the season, uh, he was struggling a little bit to get through, and that's to be you know ex- understandable. He played a lot of basketball, uh, but I think he's primed and ready for a huge season coming up. Yeah, and uh, you, you make a valid point actually. Sometimes you know you take a step back to take two steps forward, and you don't want it to be surgery. But when you play nineteen, twenty months of straight basketball. Ham, that's when injuries and things come into play because you go to call on your body to do something at a time when it's in a vulnerable situation and it doesn't respond because of fatigue and a lot of different things. We should be blessed and he should be blessed that he is able to make it through. This sounds like something that is relatively minor, but at the same time, it's going to sit his little butt down and <laughs> it's allow him to rest. Uh, to rest up and and heal up. So from that standpoint, uh, I, I am happy. I'm excited to 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 watch what he does next year. I think a, a fresh Bogdan Bogdanovich, 100% healed, physically ready to go, is going to be a sight to see. All right, Doug, we're we're going to run through really quick here, um, and I'm going to just throw out uh, I'm going to throw out some end of the season awards, and I want you to. Give me okay. your take, and I'll give a quick take back, and, and we'll kind of round out this this podcast with that. Um, who is your you MVP? Who is your MVP this season for the Sacramento Kings? Uh, my MVP this season for the Sacramento Kings would be um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, I, I like what he what he brought. I think for me, I think he was. Uh, as advertised, uh, I wasn't sure what he was going to be able to do. I mean, I had a feeling he would fit in, but I, I liked what I saw from him. And for, for what they got in getting him, uh, I like that. I agree. Um, I'm going to actually give Bogdan my MVP as well this season. But I'm also going okay. to put one other player up there that I did not expect to put up there. I think the MVP of the second half of the season was, oh, that's Buddy Hill. Was uh, Buddy Hill? Yeah, it was Buddy Hill. Yeah, and I really think that uh, we could do a most improved player, and if we did that, it would probably be Buddy Hill as well. Um, but I just think Absolutely. that the way that Buddy Hill was able to become something more than he's ever been, uh, you know, the defensive end as a passer, 
Uh, his rebounding numbers have always been good, but he continued to be the great shooter that he is. His scoring got better uh, as the season went on. I think he averaged like 15.8 points per game in the second half after the All-Star break. And I just, I, I really, I've been hard on Buddy in the past. And I think really Buddy took a lot of cri- criticism by not only me, but but by coach- coaches and by people around the league. And I think he responded with a really, really strong uh, you know, development season, and I and I'm really impressed. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, when I talk, when we talk about Buddy, you and I, we've talked about it many times. But from one standpoint, is he did some things that I personally wasn't sure that he could do, and I'm so I smile when you say Buddy Hield because I am really thoroughly impressed by what Buddy was able to do. Kudos to him, man. I, I agree 100%. Okay, so Doug, who is your rookie of the year? It's pretty simple, I think. Uh, yeah, that that one would be De'Aaron Fox. I think that that's simple enough. Uh, again, as advertised, I, obviously he has some work to do, but boy, oh boy, he showed up in the minutes that were really, really big him. I agree, and I also, I'll say this, he, like Buddy Heald, he had a moment where he really, really kind of came off the rails for me, where it was like, oh boy, he, he's not nearly as focused. He's not ready to play. Uh, but I think he finished the season with a, with a fury, and it's something that I like to see um, because I think he, he kind of figured it out there at the end that like, hey, look, I can pick and choose my spots. And also I think that Jaeger and his staff started to give him a longer and longer leash and we started to see more of what he's going to be doing next season, which I think is a really good thing. Um, okay, so Doug, most valuable veteran, what do you got for me? Oh, wow. That You know what? I'm going to go with um, Vince Carter on that one. I, I think that when I look at – I could go with Zebo. Uh, I could go with Garrett Temple as well because there were some real valuable ones. But watching Vince work with – uh, some of the players and different things like that. I, I just, it's it's hard for me to give it to one because as I say that to you, Ham, I think about Garrett Temple and I think about Zebo and I, I think about Costa Cupas and, and we've watched them. You and I have been in some personal moments where we've seen them, but, but watching um, Vince with Scal in particular, I, I mean, these are moments that are undeniable. Then the ability to play and deliver at the same time, a la Cleveland Cavaliers this year, well, Vince Carter was big-time stuff. Okay, I, I'm going to actually go a little different on this one because I agree with you. I think if you look at this team, I think the best leader behind the scenes is Garrett Temple. I think the best player on the court as far as like an offensive weapon was was Mr. Zach Randolph. I think Vince Carter uh-huh, provided uh-huh. this incredible leadership and some play. But I'm actually, I'm going to go a little different. And I'm going to say that I think Costa Kufis was the most valuable uh-huh. veteran on this team. Because I think that day in and day out, he showed these young guys that this is how you show up to work. This is how you show up and you don't know if you're going to play. And you think you're going to play and then you're not going to play. Or you're not going to play and then you think then you're going to play. He brought it every yep. single night. And I thought... He had a stretch where Willie was down with a back injury where he started posting up double-doubles the entire time. I think that he is such a valuable piece to this team, and he allows the Kings to do a lot of different things. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing the Kings lock him up 
and give him a, you know, a two or three year extension. Um, but there's a possibility he'll opt out this next season. Um, okay. So Doug, lastly, uh, what's your general overall, like if you want to give a grade for what you thought this team did versus what you thought they might do, uh, if that makes sense. Um, because I mean, if we're going to grade them in the NBA, they get like a D, uh, or a D minus, you know, there are F teams for sure. And they're not one of those F teams, but if you're to say, this is what I thought they would be and this is what they ended up being, what do you give them? I'm going to go right about a C. Um, you know, I, I thought that they would win some uh, more games than they did, uh, and, and I could see them actually getting the 35 games. What are they, 26, 27, right 27, in there? So 27. I, you know, 27. Yeah, so I could see six to eight more games. Uh, you know, I could say C minus, but I think C. I think that you've seen some improvement. Uh, I think that some some guys stepped up. And to to be honest with you, Ham, developing this many young pieces, it's just something that doesn't get done in the NBA. I mean, you look at Boston, for instance. They got they did a couple pieces last year. That was Jalen Brown. That was. Uh, the kid Terry Rozier, but he was down in the G League. Then you bring in Jason Tatum. So, the, yeah, they're young, but they did it in a different way. The Kings did eight players. One of them didn't even play, and they're trying to develop them all. And with that being said, yeah, I, I think that that's a C and, and trending in the right direction. I I agree 100%. Um, I think this this team, I mean, I, I literally called this, I thought 27 wins was there, was where they were going to be. Uh, not to toot my own horn because I've called many other seasons where I was off by a ton. Um, but I think that they've set themselves up to have a very good couple of years uh, where they can start to progress. I think next season, we're going to have to see how they do this summer. But I think the 36 to 38 wins uh, mark is is possible with the squad they have just growing and getting better. Um, and I really do think that they're they're pacing to to be much bigger and better a couple of years from now. All right, Doug, I, I think that's going to do it. Do you have any final thoughts? Man, it's been uh, it's been a heck of a season, man. I'm actually really excited to watch this draft process, man. First of all, see where the draft pick's going to be, watch the draft combine and the process. And before you know it, Ham, we're going to be talking about Summer League, buddy. And I, that's when, oh, boy, I'm going to be really, really excited, man. Release the Harry Giles. <laughs> yes sir that's right <laughs> all right so that's going to do it for this edition of the king's insider podcast brought to you by wendy's wendy's get a taste of the southwest with wendy's new southwest avocado chicken sandwich and southwest avocado chicken salad bold southwest flavors topped with cool creamy avocado but they're only available for a limited time at participating wendy's make sure to get to wendy's go support the cause for Doug Christie, I am James Ham. Thanks for tuning in to the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California. We'll see you very, very soon. You've been listening to the Kings Insider podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.